Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello, and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we're delighted to be joined by Jason Williamson of Sleep. Hello. Films, whose new EP, More UK Grim, is released on October the 20th. Um, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, and whereabouts are you joining us from? Hello there. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting me on. Uh, welcome, well, inviting me on, sorry. Yeah, I'm in Berlin at the minute. Just did a gig a couple of nights ago, so uh, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of days off. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just taking it easy. Nice. How was um, how was the show in Berlin, and how has the how's the tour been so far in general? Yeah, really good. Uh, really, really good. All the dates have been so sold out so far, bar one of them. So um, you know, I mean, that matters really. It just means that you know people are interested. So. Uh, not that they wouldn't be if it was our full, but you know, it's uh, a little bit more encouraging when you've got a full hour sometimes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this year, you know, it's, it's it's been a huge year for Sleaford Mods in a lot of ways. You know, you've had a top three album with UK Grim, which has had, you know, great reviews pretty much yeah. across the board. Um, you know, you've been playing some of the biggest dates yeah. you've ever played. You've got Alexandra Palace coming up uh, in December. Yeah. With those big uh, supporting uh shows with blur at wembley stadium i mean does, does it feel like in some ways 2023 uh-huh. has been sleaford mods finest year yet yeah it does yeah um which is really you know it's a bit odd really just as far as i was concerned when we first came out that was that was the pinnacle of it um i didn't i couldn't believe that we'd become uh successful to be honest it was just quite a surprise for both of us. So anything after that has been a has been a bonus. But you know, you get on in this game, and it's like you you want to you want to survive. Uh, and the and the only way to survive in this game is to grow and and uh, sort of spread your wings and learn. So that that's what we've been doing, I think. And um, obviously, UK Grim is is uh, is just another example of that. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it'd be great. I'd like to come on to to the way that you've you've continued to sort of grow and expand musically with with each album, particularly over the last sort of three or four. But just just to stick on more UK grim for the moment, can you tell us a little bit about how? I, I know that these songs came about at the same sort of time as the album, but can you just talk us through this batch of songs, yeah. and why they've been released separately to the rest of the album, and just a little bit about you know th- your feelings about this this sort of smaller batch of of songs the uh the six tunes were um you know they just didn't make the final cut in the sense of uh uh they just didn't suit the track listing mm. um so we just put them aside didn't forget about them as such i mean we we were talking about possibly doing a bonus release later on in the year uh, and that's what we did, you know, we turned it into an EP. So, um, so yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you like some tracks more than others and others, other tracks seem to become more appealing as time goes on, uh, with this stuff. It's mm. just got some bizarre, I don't know. It kind of attaches itself to, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, I don't know that they, they seem more interesting as the years go by. If you go back to some of these tracks, yeah. But, um, 
you know, I mean, they're all on this new EP. They're all um, really interesting. Uh, I don't know if they've got the single quality that some of the stuff did on the main album, but um, it's they're definitely they're definitely good tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been interesting listening to to those songs for the last. Um, you know, I've been listening to him for the last few days, um, like ahead of this interview. Yeah, and um, they, it, yeah, I, I always find that interesting when when you get this sort of you know extension of a of an LP release as an EP because there's certainly someone there that I could, I can totally see why they were left off, and equally they still feel very much as a whole. With it doesn't feel like this is an entirely separate thing. You, you could kind of, if you heard them in isolation, even before UK Grim was. I don't know, release, you could, I, I, I don't know, I can, I can join the dots if you know what I mean. They make sense within the world. Yeah, of sure, Grimm. sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you and Andrew have evolved the sound of Sleaford Mods, particularly in, in recent years over the last sort of three or four albums, because it does feel like with each one, it's always going to sound like Sleaford mods, but they do. The songs do seem more expansive. They, yeah. they become almost a little bit more melodic in places as well. Can you talk us a little bit through how you've yeah. gone about doing yeah. that? And does, does the way that you two work together still resemble the same way that you wrote 10, 12 years ago? Yeah. You just, you've got different goals. Uh, you've got different needs, different influences. Uh, and all these things push it along. The fact that, when you get to do another album, you're another year older, a uh, year and a half older. Uh, your abilities have changed, have sharpened. Um, we never digress. You know, we never digress. We're always progressing. You know what I mean? It's um, yeah. It doesn't feel like Andrew, for one, is, is, his tastes and his approach to his music is so... Uh, it, it's quite flamboyant. Uh, it's quite, um, you know, it's, 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 you can't pin it on one thing. He doesn't solely get influenced by music. He's, he's influenced by sounds, by what he sees around him. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, all of this goes into what he does and he never, he never throws over anything that is, yeah, there is a, there is a, there is a certain sound to what we do, but, um, it's always slightly different and that's what we like. We don't like pushing it out too much because that would just be stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, we're not, we're not interested in doing low or, you know, tubular bells or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, we're just, um, we do what we do. We're quite black and white in a lot of respects, but in also in, in, in another respect, we're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this the way that he's expanded, you know, the, the the musical element of what what Sleaford Mods does. Has, has that pushed you in different directions with the way that you write and sort of put, you know, construct the the vocal elements? But even if it's not necessarily having an impact, you know, lyrically, does it change the way that you you structure what you're doing as kind of your half of Sleaford Mods? If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it it gives you other ideas. It um, doesn't force you as such, but it just makes you do something slightly different. Mm. Um, force ten from Navarone, for instance, 
I just started asking myself a question, you know, and I think, you know, that's solely down to the music. Andrew sent over this music and it encouraged that uh, in my um, in my thinking. Mm. Um, he doesn't so much push me as such. It's just I can just, you know, naturally just uh, meet to, you know, step up to the challenge of what he does. Uh, mm. And I think that's why we work so well together, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, with it does feel like, particularly with these last few records, the the success and the popularity of Sleaford Mods does keep growing. You know, the venue sizes are increasing. The, you know, the chart positionings, chart position, sorry, are, are rising. Do you do you have any kind of take on? why you think that kind of growing appeal of Sleaford Mods just kind of continues to increase? Because do you think it's a that there are more and more people connecting with what you are saying lyrically and musically as a band? Is well, it just to do with, like, you know, success, breed I success? Think, I think so, it's... Yeah, I, th- I think it's our manager uh, to a certain degree. You know, yeah. we had a new manager uh, from 2019 onwards, and our previous manager, um, he was, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and start slagging anyone off, but it, it, there were, it got to a point where he couldn't do anything with it. And so it suffered. Uh, and I think in hindsight, you realise that it suffered right from the word go. There were, we, we just weren't, um, it wasn't maximised. Uh, you know, there is an argument to say that why should it be maximized you know just let it be and and that's fine but uh i always wanted to get as big as we could right from day one um longevity mattered but at the same time i was i was also completely serious about it not turning into a pile of shit Uh, and neither was andrew so it was to a certain degree it's down to our, our changing manager our new manager has helped shift the dial uh, in a lot of respects, she's broken down walls of communication. Uh, she's got us talking to the record label. Um, she's got us thinking about how we can progress the sound. So I would attribute a fair bit of it to to our to our boss, Claire. Really, um, that brought out the best in us. She's brought out the best in us. Something our old manager just wasn't interested in doing. Um, so, so yeah, I would attribute a lot of it down to that. Um, uh, and the fact that me and Andrew have changed and we're a lot better, we're in a lot better place. Uh, it's not as dark as it used to be. We were, um, waylaid with personal issues and substance abuse and alcohol and all that business. So, you know, all of that's gone now. And so we are a thoroughly, uh, operational machine. <laughs> <laughs> as, the, as the as the empire once said but um yeah uh you know um it's 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 professional now it's 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 above board it's legitimate so to speak and i ain't got a problem with that you know what i mean yeah no absolutely i mean do you, is that i mean uh, you know maybe not just with regard to your management situation as well but do you think that's something that might have been the case with I don't know a, a lot of the music industry to to a degree because I feel like when Sleaford Mods first started coming to prominence a little bit because it was such a unique 
an unusual thing, you know, musically, aesthetically. It, everyone was kind of a, a little bit blown away by it, I think. Was there almost a sense of, you know, any recognition is sort of recognition enough? That's not to kind of disrespect or demean any of what you were doing at that point, but it was almost a bit like, all oh, right, well, the, you, you almost can't expect to take what you're doing to another level because the idea six, seven years ago of Sleaford Mott's headline in Alexandra Palace would have seemed quite mad to some people. Do you know what I mean? It would have seemed un, un, unpredictable, yeah. unbelievable. Did, did you always have that yeah. steadfast belief that, no, that is, we're aiming for those heights and it's sort of up to everyone else to to get on board with that? No, not really. I mean, you know, when Claire come on board, she's like, you know, what you've done, you're this band that's inspired loads of other bands. You've got your own sound. I mean, that's just... It's just basic mathematics. You should keep going. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to play wherever. Um, it just became quite evident that our, our songwriting started to excel after Eating Alive with Spare Ribs and uh, more recently UK Grimm. And and the audience grew because of that. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, it was something, you know, Rough Trade could work with as well. You know, their, their job is to obviously push it and put it in the right channels or whatever. Um, and um, they could do that with these because we had we had songs, you know what I mean? We had songs before, but they just they've they've just got they've just got a more <coughs> uh I don't know, in a commercial sense, they are perhaps a little bit more agreeable. So I think that's worked for us, you know what I mean? Um yeah. I, I don't I don't particularly want to aim for Wembley Arena or Alexandra Palace. To be honest, the thought of playing these big gigs, headlining them, is quite scary. But at the same time, that's how it is, isn't it? You know, mm. uh, in order to survive, you've got to maximise it. And I, I want to survive. I don't want to go back to work. Fuck all that. Uh, yeah. I've done enough of that shit. You know, mm -hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned, sleep, sleep of Moz and what we do, me and Andrew together, is still it's still interesting. It, it, it's still exciting. You know, it's our own thing. You know, I went to see PJ Harvey last night, you know, she's been going oh, really? for what, nearly 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the older songs sounded, you know, just as good as the newer, newer album that she played in full. Yeah. Um, she's got her own thing going, you know, we've got our own thing going. So there's no reason why we can't keep going. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, firstly, how was the PJ Harvey gig? Because from all accounts, the the current tour she's been doing has been amazing. I've not been able to actually catch yeah, any brilliant. of it. It was it was it was absolutely brilliant. It was flawless, really. There was nothing. There was nothing about it I didn't like. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, um, you know, her aesthetics different. You know, uh, uh, to a certain degree, and um, that's fine. But you know, I could appreciate that. I've got a bit more of an open mind these days, so it's um, it was really good. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you as well, if, if you don't mind, a little bit about about the, the lyrical appeal of Sleaford Mods as well, because I know that there's been, you know, like you say, with the management, with uh, yeah. the label, with the kind of you yeah. know, yours and Andrew's, you know, conditions and, uh, yeah. and being in a better place. But do you, do you think there is a sense of a kind of wider section of uh, society and the population connecting a little bit more with what Sleaford Mods are saying? 
because it it feels yeah, as an outside bit, observer yeah. that must that must play into it to some degree. Yeah, there is a there is a bit of that. I think. Um, yeah, those that get it anyway. You know, there's a lot of people that listen to it that have got completely different politics, mm. uh, and that's been proven time and time again online. You know, people that don't agree necessarily with what what I'm saying in it when it's kind of spelled out to them. You know, a lot of people don't listen to it for the, uh, just listen to it for the music, you know, and that's fine, you know. Uh, But yeah, I would imagine there is, um, there is a lot of people out there that have got similar politics that have connected to it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever felt at all sort of weighted down in some ways by the, by the expectation of being, you know, having this social commentary that, runs through everything that the Sleaford mods does has there ever been a kind of concern or yeah like I say perhaps a, a sense of weightedness with this idea of being like the the spokesperson for the you know for the disenfranchised and and all that type of thing because that can be quite a burden I imagine at times for certain lyricists and for certain types of songwriters is that something you're ever wary of when you're going in to write for a new album like what are people going to be expecting me to say about the state of the nation this time around you know or do you just try to like you know points perhaps yeah points perhaps you know um at points perhaps you were conscious of that Mm. but it kind of just makes me resent people um if it's if it feels like somebody is suggesting that i should be doing something yeah you know i never you know when we did this it was purely when we first started it was purely there was nobody about doing much of much of it at all and um nobody had the angle we had on it and still don't i don't think so i kind of resent people if i feel like they are wanting something like that you know what i mean um yeah and i think as you get older as a person and this this isn't just me i think this is everybody you've got your own views and a lot of time they're singular uh you know it's whether or not you can sit down and agree to disagree with people which is which is sometimes a bigger art than than being conscious of uh, politics in some respects so yeah I, I don't know yeah it sometimes it did but at the but you know not now i don't think um i just you know i do i do what i want to do with the lyrics and um and that's that really it's important to be honest so on and honesty is not not it's not always about having a go at whatever politician is it you know mm. no I, I know what you mean i mean I, I i did want to ask as well whether and i you know i fully accept i'm probably guilty of, do, of doing the same thing because I, I do find it really interesting and fascinating kind of to kind of hear about your lyrics reading your lyrics seeing what you say in other interviews about the state of what's going on but does it become tiresome having to sort of not necessarily explain lyrics but be asked so much about your lyrics and interviews because it's something that as a when i'm reading interviews with other lyricists i'm really that really that interested in what they've got to say about their lyrics it's not a huge thing for me but because with sleeve of mods it's such a pointed and direct um, lyrical approach i do find it's it's something that that is endlessly fascinating but do you do you kind of tire about having to talk about what you're writing about in your music no, not really. I mean, if you're doing like interviews all day, you say the same thing to each interviewer, really. 
Yeah. That gets a bit tiring, but that's just part of the game. And you can't really blame the organization or outlet that's interviewing you for that. That's just how the process works. So yeah. uh, apart from that, no, not at all. Um, you know, people, I would, I would, I would want to know what I was saying if I was interviewing as, you know, that's part of your job, I guess, isn't it? But, um, yeah. 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 The lyrics are quite, you know, they're all over the place. And so it's, um, no, I don't mind at all. It's, um, mm. that's, that's part, part of the enjoyment of it. I think. Do you, is it, is it quite a, a, a liberating thing as well in some ways to throw in quite humorous moments as well into some of these songs and, and sometimes whole songs themselves. Like sit when I was looking through the track list for, for more UK yeah. Grim, I saw you know, my 18 hour girdle. I just thought that's such a brilliant song title. And it's sort of. They're, oh, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's this, you know, you, you've got these really brilliant, kind of poignant, uh, you know, uh, analytical lyrics that, that are dissecting politics and society and culture and all that kind of stuff. And then you get these like little moments uh, that I just find hilarious. Um, are they are they like a, a do, you, do they serve as a bit of an outlet for you as well to kind of go right? Yeah, it's great to spend you know ninety percent of the time taking aim at a lot of the ills and wrongs with society, but I also just want to write something that's kind of outright funny as well. And you know, yeah, yeah. Well, we were all laughing about that other. Um, you know, <laughs> it's um, it's quite funny. I mean, if you're like seventies kid. You'll remember those adverts, you know. Uh, oh, I've got it on. I didn't realise I was wearing it, you know. And it's <laughs> like that 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 occurred to me that it was similar to, you know, as as human beings, particularly men in this society, uh, we are we have got so much more than just some fucking alpha male bullshit or, you know, hunter gatherer fucking nonsense. Uh, and there's a lot of that being projected currently. Um, people like Andrew Tate or uh, Jordan Peterson or whatever his name is, um, enforcing these ideas of religion, uh, uh, machoism, um, you know, the guardian of the family unit, which is is down to the man. Uh, you know, the man should be doing this. There was so much more than that, uh, but also, but, but even the, you know the just the, the constructs of society as it has been for hundreds of years it is is very similar to that, and um, particularly at the minute, as I've said, it's coming out again because people are so confused, and um, you know when confusion reigns, uh, the unintelligent seem to prosper. So it was kind of more of a, a kind of Oh, my 18 hour girdle, I've got it on, you know. I didn't realize I was intelligent, you know. Um, yeah. it's kind of having a go at machoism with this idea of wearing a girdle, you know, which completely nothing wrong with that, you know. So, uh, uh, I, I, I see, you know, kind of like the queer community or anybody associated by, with that as, as far more intelligent than this idea of, you know, Mr. Alpha male, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, I was trying to kind of mix that in with the message. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, it, it's reminiscing uh, from childhood, you know, uh, and it's, it's quite funny. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and obviously all of those, I think those aspects of, 
depictions of masculinity it's quite a bizarre place we are finding ourselves in at the moment with the likes of you know tate and peters and these figures are you know the yeah you know the machoism has always been a a, a thing obviously but it, yeah. it does feel a bit like yeah I remember when i first discovered who these people even were and what they were spouting it was a bit like god is this happening today like and and, and i was amazed yeah. at the appeal they seem to have it's quite strange that they are well, I mean, no. it's, it's quite powerful, you know. I, I mean, I saw an interview with Tate the other day, an old one where he was kickboxing and he was being interviewed before the match. He's like, I don't care about this sport. I hate it. I hate training. I just want to kill. And that was that's quite powerful. Um, mm. You know, it's carnal, uh, animalistic. It's It appeals to people that are confused, that have no regard for society's... Um, you know, their responsibilities within society um, mm. that are flagging, you know, things like that are, are very powerful, I think. Uh, and then you've got Peterson who is pushing the philosophical side of it, uh, you know, long words, uh, and people suck it up, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. He's, he's, um, he's very good at that. Uh, and, you know, pushing that intelligent message um, so, um, you know, you've got the two working, you know, they're just two examples, but you know, you've got either side, you've got the physical brawl, brawl inside, and then you've got this intelligent philosophical side to it. So it gives it a complete, uh, a complete yeah. sort of uh, purpose, you know? Yeah. The one almost in, in the eyes of people that are buying into that mindset, I guess one legitimizes the other, doesn't it? If you've, if, if you've got the kind yeah. of tape yeah. thing where you've got that macho, brutalist yeah yeah hard man macho thing and then you got someone like peace and kind of no that's not stupid and like knuckle-headed you know there's serious long words to to kind of back it up Mm. i think Mm. that's quite concerning but yeah it's it's certainly interesting to see where that goes i mean i i do find it you know i I think everyone probably feels this to a degree but it has been surprising over the past year just how how confused how strange a lot of things have have got on that front and in wider society i mean i remember you, you probably won't remember this actually it was, it was just over a year ago we, i had we did an interview over the phone around i think it was the national lottery uh campaign for like grassroots venues and we were talking about uh oh, right, right. all okay. that kind of stuff yeah. and it was about yeah it was about two or three days i think before boris johnson resigned and there was a little bit of a sense of like it's kind of coming to the end for him now it's all winding up it's all going to come crashing down. And I remember thinking at the time, and I, I think we might touch on it really briefly, but I remember thinking, okay, well, hopefully that's a, a restoration of normality after that. That'll be a little bit of, you know, once he's out of the way, we can get back to something a little bit more, you know, yeah, resembling normality. And then since then we've had Liz Truss, we've had obviously the chaos that's going on at the moment under Sunak. Um, have you been at yeah. all surprised or shocked at just how, continuous this state of madness seems to be or did you expect it to kind of cease at any point no i mean by the time johnson had gone there'd been three people in charge Mm. uh i don't has that ever happened uh has there ever been Mm. uh Uh, such a change of hands under uh, a premiership um i can't i don't know if i mean i could be wrong i've not bothered to look you know but It's fucking I'd weird. Be surprised. And so it just carried on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when Trust got in, I mean, Johnson had to go, obviously. So a replacement was logical. 
But um, uh, but that was clearly, I mean, nobody was nobody after Johnson was going to do the job because a they weren't voted in, and and you know b we we had uh, we had quite a, quite a big insight into all these tossers. None of them uh, have got any kind of uh, notable, um, you know. Uh, res- None of them got any characteristics that uh, would encourage the idea of positive leadership uh, that would signify the idea of trust, uh, that would signify the idea of intelligence and reason. Um, They are all, you know, mid-level business people. Uh, And so, therefore, all we're going to get is a lot of empty words while they go about doing uh, basically really bad business deals to, uh, you know, enamor themselves and, and the colleagues that surround them that are involved in whatever things going off. I mean, I mean, that is a little bit, you know, it's a bit cynical, but from what we've seen, I, I'm not really proved wrong. Am I? It's, I mean, no. it's, it's, it's fucking incredible. Really. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like watching, you you may as well just you may as well just have cameras inside the uh, the headquarters of Johnson and Johnson or something mm. like that, yeah. or or IBM, <laughs> and just watch how a company goes about trying to survive on the market. That's that's all we're looking at, really. But then you've got Parliament where they're having to justify what they're doing, or where they're having to uh, come across as uh, you know states people. Uh, and it's it's just terrible. And then, and then you've got an opposition, obviously, that cannot go too far from their mark, that the, too far from the ideological mark of the Conservatives, uh, f- through fear of feeling alienated and losing votes. You know, mm. um, you know, they they completely murdered. Corbyn in the press and it installed into everybody's mind that anybody with a reasonable uh, um, form of politics is a, a communist. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're screwed, aren't we? Yeah, it, I know what you mean. It doesn't feel like uh, whatever the outcome, uh, you know, next election or whatever, it's hard to see anything changing dramatically anytime soon. And I mean, I think, and that's true of whoever it is, I think with the state things are in, no one's going to come in and fix things in, you know, a term I don't think it's going to take, it's going to take a long time. No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, in in fairness, yeah, in fairness to the Labour Party, I would imagine it's going to be slightly better than what the Conservatives are doing at the minute. Hmm. Uh, But you're not going to see people leaving the streets and being looked after uh, straight away. If ever, I don't think, I don't, no. I just think it's just going to get, it's just going to get worse. And appeasement will only be for those with capital in the bank. Uh, these, the, the people that matter will be the ones that can look after themselves. Uh, yeah. And the rest are just going to be thrown about. Uh, as they have been doing, you know. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It's hard to hard to disagree with any of that. Um, yeah. No. 
last second, because I can see we're almost out of time. Um, I just wanted to ask, I know that we're yeah. still in the midst of, uh, you know, touring and, you know, you, uh, more UK Groom is coming out um, on the 20th yeah. of October. But have you have you had any discussions at this point about what comes next? Because I feel like in you've been such a so prolific with your output in terms of being on tour, releasing yeah. an album. Have you got a break yeah. penciled in at any point? Or do you feel like once this year's out, you'll just be kind of going at it again at some point later next year? Or is it just, you know, no talk of the future until it's over? We're, we're talking about, we've got, you know, I've been writing new stuff, demoing, not demoing, but, um, you know, we've got other stuff planned, uh, which I can't really talk about at the minute. But uh, as regards a new album, uh, I've been looking at stuff Andrew sent over and um, we'll just keep going. Yeah. But I don't, as to whether or not we'll get an album out in next year or sorry, the year after that 25 or whether we leave it to 26. Hmm. Don't know. Don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, things are good. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, we just get itchy feet. You know what I mean? It's like hmm. uh, something will come, you know, uh, but at the same time, I don't want to saturate it uh, because it is getting to a point now where we're, you know, we're there. Where people are conscious of us. So uh, you've got to play the game a little bit with that as well, I think. Yeah. No, well, you know, I I wish you all the best with the EP and with the rest of the tour. And, um, and yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us today, Jason. I really do appreciate it. And um, apologies earlier on for the connection issues and the wobbly camera and walking around the flat. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry bloody Sorry all. about that. We've all been there. <laughs> don't worry. No problem at all. No problem. Brilliant. Cheers, Jason. And I, love, I've, I right. absolutely love the EP and the album as well. So, yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to, to chat to oh, us. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Thanks ever so much. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Take care. Headliner Radio. Supporting the creative community.